Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey guys, it's Ashley. It's Lauren. Naz. Uh, today we have a guest that I think I've referenced a number of times in this podcast. Her name is Amy Mallon, and she met her husband on the 99th date that she went on in one month. 101. Oh, he was number 101? Was okay, number okay, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. You, take, you take the story. You tell us the story. What, what was going on? Okay, first of all, if I can rewind for a second, I want to say I was so excited when I met you, Ashley, at Becca's party a few years back because, you know, not to be cliche, but there have been people that have gone on Bachelor franchise shows, not for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And Scott and I had watched your journey and we really felt connected with you because you were so authentic and you were a girl like right out of my own heart. You just left your heart out there. You were going for what you wanted and people were giving you shit online, which made me mad saying like, oh my God, she's emotional. She's crying. And I'm like, what you guys don't realize is you're saying that's a weakness. That's one of her biggest superpowers. She's not afraid to go after what she wants and be vulnerable and form connections with other people. And so when I met you, I felt compelled to come up to you and say, my gosh, like, it didn't happen for you yet, but it's going to happen for you because you deserve it and you are doing it the right way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I just had wanted to tell you in that moment, like I'd been through hell and back looking for love and it finally worked out for me with my amazing husband and I knew it was going to work out for you and obviously it did. So thank congrats, you. Ashley thank and Jared. Yay. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. It's true. I wanted to throw that out there um, and, you know, say first before I share this crazy journey that I went on to find love with my husband, I think it's important to kind of know how it started. And the crazy thing is my grandma, who was my best friend, gave me this poster that hung in my wall my whole childhood. And it said, before you meet the handsome prince, you have to kiss a lot of toads. Literally my story. It's really, really funny that like that was a sign on your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I brought the picture. I'll show you after. Um, it was like this cute laminated animated mm-hmm. picture of a princess kissing toads. And it just reminded me then that you have to be patient. Um, and it doesn't come so fast. Everyone's journey is different. Some people are blessed. You know, they meet their high school or college mm-hmm. sweetheart right out mm-hmm. of the gate. That's their forever person. Mm-hmm. But for 99% of the population, it's a numbers game. And I watched my grandma and grandpa who were married for 67 years have this oh, beautiful God. relationship. And they had fun in whatever situation they were in. And so that was my aspirational, inspirational love story. I wanted to find the love that my grandma and grandpa had. 
And my grandma said, Amy, it doesn't matter how many wrong guys you meet because they only lead you closer to the one that's right for you. And true story, I looked for this before I came here tonight, but it's in a box in my garage. So when I move in a year, I'll come back and prove it and show it to you. When I was 18, I wrote a poem called In Search of Mr. Right. And I swear (laughs) on the universe, it was all about dating 100 guys, wrong guys, and the 101 guy was my Mr. Right. No way. Self-fulfilling prophecy. God. Manifesting zero. Wait, I don't think we set it up correctly. Everyone listening, the person speaking right now went on, went out and sought out to go on 101 dates and it yeah. worked. Yeah, yeah. I think so, I just need to so like, that, that, Yeah, that's the general wrap concept. It up and now bow. you're going to tell us like how you got to the point where you wanted to go on 101 dates. And where the idea came from. Well, and so my grandma said, Amy, you created this business and it's such a success and you put 110% in. You have to do the same when you're looking for love. So I thought, okay, she knows. You know, she's been married for over 60 mm-hmm. something years at that point. Um, I'm going to literally date like it's my second job. And I made it a priority. And so this crazy thing happened to me uh, when I turned 30. I had this complete epiphany and this shift in my life and a completely different episode for another time. But part of that realization, um, I was a survivor of multiple assaults as a young oh, wow. woman and I was trafficked. And so oh, trafficked. Yeah. So that's another, you, that's another not, episode. We do have an hour and maybe you weren't prepared to go into <laughs> I that. I think, yeah, but, we would, but you, the spark notes version and so maybe, or whatever you're the, comfortable well, sharing. Yeah. The, the cliff notes version of that was I had to deal with a lot of trauma and pain from my past And I had to find a way to let go of fear, um, abandonment issues, uh, things that were holding me back from being able to recognize and accept real, true, unconditional love. And I had been in this toxic pattern of just drawing in really abusive men, physically, sexually, emotionally, financially abusive. And that was because there was a soundtrack playing in my head, which was, you're worthless. You don't deserve to be loved. Um, You're never going to find anyone. It was all these things that I had heard, these bad, horrible, wrong things. But it's like anything, when you hear something, whether positive or negative, enough times you start to believe it. So the loop that was going in my head was actually translating to these actions of me drawing in bad people. Because in my heart, I didn't believe at that point that I was worthy and deserving of love. And I had to clear out a lot of shit in my life and jumpstart my journey of healing in order to be able to recognize okay, something is not working. These situations aren't my fault. The people that have hurt me are bad people. They should never be doing that to me or anyone else. Mm. But I've accepted it and I've missed blatant red flags and warning signs that if it was any of my girlfriends, I would have been Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, no way. But I I let myself be a doormat for all the wrong dudes um, and didn't recognize my own self-worth. And I was Jekyll and Hyde. So from a business perspective, so confident, successful, you know, on, on, on top of my game, mm-hmm. on the personal side, a total mess, basket case, had no concept that I was like a great human being with a lot to offer that was worthy of love without having to do all of these extras to get people into my life. And so at 30, this crazy thing happened. I, I still don't know 
kind of like what called me to do it. But I guess it was my soul like saying, wake the fuck up, Amy. And one morning, I'll just never forget, I walked straight to the bathroom mirror and I looked myself in the eye in the mirror and I said, I'm worth it. I deserve love. And I repeated that for like three hours and I was crying, like to the point where I couldn't breathe. And it was a form of me cleansing like a lot of pain and getting all this bad stuff that was toxic. I'm imagining this Um, is deep. You know, physical, emotional, spiritual pain that needed to come out. And that was my like soul wake up call saying, snap out of it. Um, now is the time specific catalyst. Like you just woke up one day. I I woke up. I had been thinking about what my grandma said to me just before my 30th birthday, you know, and it's funny how birthdays can do Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And it was definitely like a, a game changer birthday. And I I remember my grandma was the purest form of love that I had ever known. And ever since I figured out how to dial a phone for the first time at like two or three years old, I talked to her three times a day, every day till she passed. And so, you know, every conversation with my grandma was just like feeding my soul with this love that I was literally so hungry for. And my grandma cried in one of our, our chats before I turned 30 and said, Amy, I want this for you so badly. Like I've known that you were going to find this since you were a little girl, but I don't think you see you the way I see you. And until you do, you're not going to find what me and Tata, that was what I called my grandpa, have. And that stuck with me because my grandma was my everything. And so I said, God, I should really, you know, kind of process what she's saying. This is really good advice, but how do I get there? How do you become happy on your own? Yeah, and realize that you're enough, um, that you already have everything inside that you need to be happy and that you need to project and vibrate love, um, but really, truly believing that. And so when I had my chat with myself in the mirror and kind of cried out all this toxicity and pain, I then said to myself, oh, there's got to be like an action plan you know, behind this. It's not enough to just say these things. Now you have to you know, walk the walk and make some changes in your life. Um, And I tried to get rid of people in my life that were toxic, but it was really hard because I still was clinging on to the fact that these friends that I had that were telling me, you know, I love you. I wasn't seeing that their love um, was conditional and it was just based on what I was doing for them. It wasn't me being enough. Um, And so it wasn't until I met my amazing husband who helped me see the difference between fakers and people that are using you and then real, true, unconditional uh, relationships based on love where there's give and there's, you know, take. So in this episode, we talk about some abusive relationships, human trafficking, dating issues. So if you have any um, stressful triggers in your life, you're just depressed, anxious, anything like that, we have a sponsor for you and that's BetterHelp. And BetterHelp is um, online counseling that's there for you at all hours of the day. You can connect with a professional counselor in a safe, private online environment. So it's convenient. You can do it from home. And it's going to feel like probably a little bit more cozy, probably more private because you are in the comfort of your own home. I love that you also can text your therapist. If you're ever in a sticky situation and you need to text someone without being vocal, they're there for you. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like you need help, licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleep, trauma, anger, family conflict, 
Netflix, LGBT matters, grief and self-esteem are there for you. And everything you share is confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you're, you can request a new one at any time at no additional charge. There are 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. It's available worldwide, and there are four different communication modes. You can text, chat, phone, and video, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. BetterHelp is available on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps, and you can schedule video and phone sessions generally weekly unless you would like to see your therapist more. And uh, it's secure, convenient, professional, and affordable. And for those that qualify, there is financial aid, which is amazing because, you know, therapy can be very expensive. Very expensive. That's awesome. So the best of all, like we just said, is that it's an affordable option and our I Don't Get It listeners are going to get 10% off your first month with the discount code Get It. So get started today if you feel like you need help by going to betterhelp.com slash get it. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you're going to love. That's betterhelp.com slash get it. Um, so I got to this point where then I said, okay, I'm going to listen to Nima, my grandma, and I'm going to date like it's my job. So I went online. This is like pre-social media. And this is pre-dating app too. Yeah. Pre-dating app. There's no Tinder, none of that stuff. So, uh, I went on, uh, this website, JDate, but now here's where it gets really interesting. Are you Jewish? Uh, I was raised Jewish, but I'm not practicing Mm -hmm. right now. So rewind, that was 2008. Rewind two years earlier, 2006, I was on Match.com. And here's where you're going to get chills. I met my husband on that site, but the universe wasn't ready for that to happen. And we both would have messed the relationship Mm -hmm. up. So um, it it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that was uh, we messaged each other. Um, I saw his picture. I'm like, oh my God, he's so cute. And he sent me some sweet messages. And then at that point in my life, you know, I'm like in my 20s, I wasn't even going out till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. My phone rings on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock and it's Scott, my future husband, only I didn't know it yet. And he's like, hey, you know, we were messaging the last few days. Um, I'd love to take you out. I didn't know he meant that second. So I said, okay, Uh -uh. awesome. And he said, well, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I'm going out with my friends. You know, it's Saturday night. I'm like leaving in an hour, like 11, you know, a different life back then. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. he said, well, why don't you meet me at this party in the Valley? And it was hilarious because I had just moved here the year before from New York. I didn't even know where the Valley was. I never been there before. (laughs) I lived in the West Hollywood area. So when he said the Valley, I'm like, do I need a passport to get there? (laughs) Oh my God, that's so funny. And he said, I'll be there with a bunch of friends. You should come. And here's where it's crazy. It was the first time in my life that I kind of had like respect for myself when talking to a guy and I had no Mm -hmm. problem walking into a room full of strangers and just like meeting new people and making friends. But I thought, you know what? If you want to meet me, you should do it the respectful way and the right way. You should make time and take me out. Like, why don't we have coffee or tea, whatever, tomorrow? You only want to commit to a half hour? I'm good with that. Like, we'll know right away, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's the chemistry there. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, no, come on, come with me to this party. And I, I stood my ground and I didn't go. And I said, call me and make a real plan because I'd love to meet you, but you know, treat me with respect, do it the right way. And I hung up thinking after all of our cute, like witty banter online and on the phone that I would hear from him the next day, two weeks went by 
nothing. And I remember talking to Nima, my grandma, and crying. And she was like, why are you crying about this guy that you've never met? And I said, (laughs) it's going to sound ridiculous, but there was some spark there. And my grandma and grandpa said, all relationships boil down to one word and it's chemistry. And you can't really put your finger on it till you're with that yeah. person and you feel it. Mm-hmm. And I even felt that like over the phone you and in the, the email. Okay, so he was on the phone. You like heard him voice to voice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like chills, like, you know, and goosebumps. Like it was crazy. And then I was so sad that he didn't call me. And I had his oh. number. And the me back then completely was aggressive in like pursuing guys and relationships. So I was basically like sitting on my hands, like, don't call him, don't call him. <laughs> asking my friends and they're like, don't be a moron. Do not call him. Guys need to like chase you. Mm -hmm. Like stop, be the girl in the relationship. And I was like, all right, fine. And Nima said, Amy, if it's meant to be, it'll be, let it go. So I was so bummed and I'm like, all right, I guess it's not meant to be. Now I turned 30. It's 2008, two years later, I'm on a completely different site J-date. And I said, I'm going to do this literally for one month as an experiment. I'm going to date like it's my job. I'm going to go out with as many guys as I can, literally stack them. Uh, breakfast, brunch, lunch, <laughs> yeah. coffee, dinner. It's I, I don't drink, but like drinks. Because if you're ready, you're ready. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. So like literally three, sometimes four meet and greets, we'll call them, or first interviews, <laughs> you know, with, with guys in a night. But you said a hundred. You've set your mind to a hundred in the month. Yeah. And it was a <laughs> How challenge. How did that come about? Like, well, why a hundred? And it's crazy because I'd forgot that I'd written the poem at that point when I was 18. But I just thought, I'm listening to Nima, date like it's my job. I'm going to go out with as many guys as I can because if I get past all the wrong guys, eventually I'm going to get to the one that's right. It's true. That's absolutely how it's going to It's so, a numbers game, yeah. literally. It's literally a numbers game. So yeah. I figured I still have to work and run my business, right? So how did I arrive at trying to do two to three a day, you know, on most days? It was, that's literally the most I can humanly do. Oh, absolutely. While still making money and like, you know, mm-hmm. pursuing my business. So I go on all these dates. Uh, most of the guys, not for me. Some of the guys, super nice. I'd end up setting them up with girlfriends of mine. Literally, I'd be on the date. I'd take out my phone and I'd say, this is going to sound totally weird. I don't feel the vibe between us, mm-hmm. but you're a really cool guy. I have an amazing girlfriend. Is it cool if I set you up? And they thought like at a later point uh, and they would say, yeah, yeah. And I said, no, no, I mean now. No. Like, <laughs> let me see if my friend is available. Yeah, no, yeah. stop. No. Okay. Yes. I have to stop you for yeah, like yeah, a couple of course. questions or my brain is going to be like, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to lose like listening to you if I don't like get this out there. Did you ever set up one of your girlfriends with her husband by doing that? Not no. with husbands, but with guys, guys and girls. I made matches that went out for like months at a time, wow. you know, where it was, it was serious. Yeah. And so some of my girlfriends nicknamed me flipper because I would flip <laughs> the dates. So they were like, oh, so your date with the guy is basically an interview for your friend <laughs> flip yeah. or flop. Just, to see if they're like good enough for your girlfriend. That'd be great if you could hire someone and be like, go meet him. Let me yeah. know if he's cool. That's true. That's Report so back. Awesome. Vet him. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it worked out great for some of my friends, but I just thought. God, like life is short. I don't have the the time. You know, if the vibe isn't there, I'm not gonna be a faker. That's not who I am. So you're not so the, you give just, him a three date no, 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 no. person. If I felt any sort of chemistry and vibe, then of course I was like, all right, this person's awesome. Let's hang out and get to know each other more. But if that wasn't there from moment one, like that spark that I felt could become something more. Mm-hmm. 
So then you believe it. in a spark. Like if you don't feel a spark, you don't think. Because some, you know how some people are like, I hated my husband for weeks. And then yeah. one month I was like, I like him. You don't, you believe oh. both exist or you don't believe that that No, I, I believe that the relationships that end up lasting long term start with something that you can't necessarily put your finger on it, but it's a feeling. The and X that's factor. exactly like when I tell you how it came to be with Scott, exactly what we both felt. And I've never felt it ever in my life before. And if you ask my husband, he'd mm. never felt it with anyone else before. Mm. And it was, it was meant to be. Um, and my grandma grew up saying this, this Yiddish word to me, beshert, which literally means like meant to be. Mm-hmm. So it's when you find your person that's beshert, that's your person that was meant to be. And you could take a crazy, like windy path to get there. And, you know, timing is obviously a factor as you know, mm-hmm. yeah. from your personal experience. Same with you. Um, yeah. Had, had Scott and I tried to pursue it in 2006, it would have crashed and burned. him that night and right. then never, Forget it. it. And he wasn't in the right place either. He had gotten out of a nine year relationship living with someone and had to go through his ups and downs to realize that wasn't the right person for me and it's all timing so then uh it's literally the last uh day i had one full day left of j date that's it 24 hours i'd been on my third date in one day okay (laughs) I roll back in. It's like 1030 at night. And at that point, I lived in a house and I had a few housemates. And one of the girls that I lived with, um, she sees me walking in and she's like, what's up, Amy? Like totally ragging on me. Um, was the third guy today Prince Charming? And I was like, no, he was nice, but like no connection. And she literally said, oh my God, you're totally going to go on the website now, aren't you? And I joked and I said, you know what? I might as well get my money's worth, right? And I said, there's 24 hours left. So whatever. I'm going to like throw it all out there to fate. Let's see what happens. Scott literally had less than two hours left. So his membership expired at midnight. Okay. So this is like the Cinderella story. It's crazy. So I log on just having been out with three guys who weren't for me in one day and I see him. He sees me. All of my pictures were within like the last two, three months, but I kept one black and white picture from two years prior that was just this like artsy, beautiful picture that I loved. And he recognized me from that photo and was like freaking out inside. So he IMs me on the site and says, uh, hey, um, what's going on? Like, you seem really cool. Like, love your profile. And I'm looking at his going... I'm pretty sure this is the guy from two years ago that I was crushed that I didn't get to meet. But did he not remember? So he was thinking the same thing, but we had to like verify. <laughs> so <laughs> that would have been awkward if it wasn't. Where, yeah, that's true. That, from that, that other dating been, site? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, what are the chances? So we're messaging on the IM thing. And then after a half hour, I said to him, you know what? This will be much better on the phone. Why don't you call me? So now it's 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. So this is like actually Cinderella where it's like, yeah, it's, it's going hot. to midnight. Yeah. And it's, it's like about crazy. to expire. I know. And the fact that you wouldn't even like give him the time of day at 10 o'clock on a Friday. Night. I know. Yeah. Here I am at 11 o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah. Look so, at you. You're just an evolved human. It's crazy. <laughs> so I said, call me. Here's my number. 
And I didn't realize, but his number was saved in my contacts. That's so funny. And I'm the type of person I like take notes. I'm like nerdy like that when I talk to people. So he pulled up in my phone and I had his screen name from the Match.com profile two years ago. So literally he calls and I'm like, what's up, OHB Moto? That was his profile name. (laughs) And he, in that moment, he knew and I knew. And I literally gave him shit and I'm like, all right, two years later, I was like, what happened? You invite me to a party. I tell you, like, do the right thing. Call me the next day. Take me out. Um, Yo, this is proof that women will never fucking forget. Yeah. I would hold a grudge to, like, die. <laughs> Apparently, like, uh, if a guy is interested in you, sometimes he still won't call the next day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're and fucked either way. He loved that I, like, gave it to him, you know, and, and let him have it a little. And he, he laughed and he was like, you know what? You're right. But he... And he said, he was like, that wasn't the right time for us, but I'm ready to meet you now. So now in my head, yes. So now in my head, I'm thinking now, like now, now. So I'm I'm, I'm a non-drinker. So I wasn't going to like go meet him at at a bar. And I didn't realize this whole time we lived five minutes from each other. He lived in Studio City and I lived at that point in the Hollywood Hills. But I'd never been down like Ventura to the valley. valley. I crazy. My life was just the other way, right? So it was like opening (laughs) up to this whole new world, right? I feel you, dog. So... I said, all right, cool. Where do you want to meet? And he was like, wait, you mean like now? And I said, yeah, you mean like now, now, right? And he's like, okay, I'm like down. So um, he's like, I don't want to meet at like Jerry's Deli. That's like cheesy. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to meet there either. And I had honestly never done this before. I know people say that, but- McDonald's. No, I said, do you watch Entourage? That show was- you know, on at the time. And Such he's like, a good hookup show. Totally. He's like, that's I, another Game of Thrones. Everywhere. Yeah. Right? He's Guys like, love I up to that. love that show. And I only felt comfortable because I had housemates. So I said, I literally said to him, are you an axe murderer? And he's like, yeah, because if I was, I'm going to be like, hey, what's up? I'm an axe yeah. murderer. Here to hang out with you. So I said, all right, well, check it out. I have housemates, so don't try anything, you know, crazy. But come over. I recorded Entourage. I'll like make us tea and we'll like watch it and like hang out and Perfect get to know date. each other. So lovely. So literally 10 minutes later, he's like pulling into my gate. That's how close we live, right? He probably just like changed and then he was there. The moment he gets out of his car and I see him just full body like chills and inside in my head, I was like, yes. And I thought, oh my God, if he's as amazing as he is cute, like this is, this is going to be awesome. Like game over. So were you super nervous, Ian? Nervous. Like, don't fuck this up. Oh my God. Do you feel like you were yourself? Oh, I. Yeah, let me tell you, I was completely myself to the point where I was like, am I too much mm-hmm. of myself on date one? But I didn't know any other way to be than myself. Mm-hmm. So we watch Entourage and then we talk until six in the morning. And I kind of started giving him a taste of like some of the things that I'd been through in my past. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, holy shit, did I just like let him see all the baggage in my closet? Is this guy going to run because he seems awesome? And then I start getting scared. Mm-hmm. But he's such a good human being that the stuff that I shared, the little bit of my past that I let him into on night one, he wasn't afraid of. And he felt that spark too. And then literally the next day, Monday, he took me on like a real proper first date out in public. And uh, we hung out every single day, literally every day from then until we got engaged on our one year anniversary. We were married in Tuscany uh, 10 months later. Um, and then our son was born and then we, we just had a daughter 
uh, last year. So we've been together 11 years. Wow. Which is crazy. And so we both knew uh, basically, you know, instantly. Mm. But the funny thing is, if you ask Scott, um, he'll have a different version of the events of like the mishap in 2006. Mm. And not because he's not telling the truth, because my husband's probably the most honest person I know. It's because I think men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And we just experience certain things in life in a different like frequency. Mm-hmm. And so we operate from more of an emotional perspective. And 95% of the time I'd say Scott and I are completely on the same page. We can experience the same thing and both have the same read on it and the same takeaway. But sometimes we'll have the same experience and we'll look at each other <laughs> and we'll be like, huh? <laughs> and like just completely different opinion of what happened. And not because we're not caring about each other's feelings or trying to see it from the other perspective. Um, to Scott, that mishap with me not wanting to go to the party in 2006 was me not being cool with like walking into a room with all of his friends. Oh, and he had, he thought you, he, he guys like you were scared to do that, like not yeah, confident enough to do that or something. That was completely not it. And he didn't know, obviously at that point, all the like trauma and shit in my past that I needed to overcome to be ready for my forever relationship. I didn't know the shitty relationship he had just gotten out of. And the fact that he was still trying to like recycle his ex and, you know, go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And he needed to learn that lesson on his end. So the timing was all wrong. And I think the universe looked out for us and kind of was like, I'm going to put this on hold. You both have lessons to learn. You've got more mistakes to make with the wrong people to find out what you really want and what's right for you. Um, And so I I wrote down like a lot of these crazy misadventures going out with a hundred different dudes in, you know, 30 days until 101 was like, my forever story. And I would just say to anyone, like, there's no shame in how you meet someone. You know, I met my husband online. This was again, before apps and social media. Now people are meeting on Tinder, Bumble, whatever your app of choice is. People are finding love on TV, which is beautiful. Find love at the gym, at the grocery store, at your job. It doesn't matter what the vehicle is to find love. Just put yourself out there. Be raw, be real, be authentic. Don't be afraid to show your emotions and you're going to find what's your meant to be, you know? I Okay, so many things. Um, I love that you just said girls and guys live on different frequencies because it's so funny. Sometimes Jared will, like, look at a situation and, like, just my word choice to him is, like, super, super important. And I'm like, you know what I meant. Like, I just said it out of feeling. And, like, I, I'm sorry. You're right. I should have chose this synonym of that word it's so crazy how guys can be so analytical like they take every word which has got to be the logic side yep and i'm like no that's not what like my feeling meant there i wasn't trying to get that across but okay so that that's super interesting totally (laughs) agree and you'll find um you know the the longer you're in your forever relationship Mm -hmm. with jared the more you're gonna realize those things and Whereas you might have a disagreement or an argument because you're interpreting the same situation differently, later down the line, you won't because you'll realize, oh, right, that's just him looking at it from his perspective and me looking at it from my perspective. Um, But at the end of the day, everything's coming from a place of love. Mm -hmm. So you then realize like, we're on the same team. So it's cool. You want to look at it that way. I'm going to look at it this way, but we're not going to get mad about it. Do you know what? was actually an interesting like long-term debate we always had it's like i was whenever somebody would come up to us and be like 
he you were leading her on or like anytime that i was like well you led me on he like got so fired up about that i was like well what do you what, what is do your you definition mean? of leading and on and then he was like he goes, he goes i was giving you mixed signals <laughs> which is different than leading on it is. and i was like That's and cool. then we had this whole like conversation about what that means to him and what that means to me because i thought those were synonyms of each other leading yeah. on and mixed signals for him, leading on means like you have Promising no something. intention of being with that person, but for the time being, it's fun and you are leading, like you're dating them with no intention and like you are leading them in the wrong direction. With him, mixed signals meant that he was confused about his feelings and he was showing his confusion through like, you know, actions. like, yeah, through <laughs> actions. Like I'm doing this, but I also did that. So that was mixed signals. Totally yeah, but get then that. he also said, like, we're not going to be together. So isn't that leading on? But he, at that point in his head, he thought that, and that was one of no, the No, he says, leading on. No, he, sa- no, he says that when he <laughs> said, um, we're never going to be together, he wanted to give me a definitive answer so he was no longer, so he wasn't leading me on. He actually did that so that he wouldn't be leading me on because he wasn't sure where he wanted right. to end up. I wish we had our next sponsor when we had our little Lucy. So our Lucy was, she lived a long life, but she was plagued with health issues throughout mm-hmm. it. She was like 15 and a half when she passed away, but it was a miracle that she got there. And my parents spent thousands and thousands, thousands of dollars, thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars. on um, her, like saving her multiple times at like overnight hospitals for dogs. But if we had pet insurance for her, we would have avoided a lot of costs. So that's why we have pet insurance for our dogs now. Gergi and Lois are, uh, they have embraced pet insurance. It's amazing because it has comprehensive, it's comprehensive insurance for cats and dogs. And that way, when something unexpected happens, you're prepared. There are no networks. You can visit any vet. That's, you can stay with your own vet and get reimbursed for up to 90% of the bill. That's life changing as a, pe- as a pet owner. It's well worth it to get pet insurance for everyday expensive, like routine veterinary care, grooming, and training. There's wellness rewards and embraces optional preventative care plan. And insuring your pet can cost less than your morning coffee every day. And you can get a personalized free quote in just seconds. So go to embracepetinsurance.com slash get it. It answer a few quick questions to see your price. You can adjust your pet's quote uh, to fit your budget without sacrificing the coverage they'll need. And with every policy comes a 30-day money-back guarantee. One in three policy owners submit claims in the first year. And of course, they're very grateful that they had Embrace. So don't wait. Get your free quote today at EmbracePetInsurance.com. E-M-B-R-A-C-E PetInsurance.com dot com slash get it do that right now embrace pet com slash get it embrace pet insurance is underwritten by american modern insurance group terms and conditions apply see the website for details i anyway. have a question about when did you tell your husband that you went on a hundred dates was it during your 
first date. Oh yeah. Oh okay. In fact, so I was like, so hundred and one. I was so open about it and it made a joke, and it was funny because that's when we figured out. He said I literally had less than two hours, and my membership was expiring, and I was not renewing because he had been out not on a hundred dates, but on a few like completely crazy ones of his own, uh, trying it in that month. And I said, well, I had twenty four hours left, so it was literally crazy timing. There's so many things that could have gone wrong where it mm-hmm. would have been like a complete mess. Like if I didn't log on, you know, his thing could have expired. He could have sent me a message. Mine would have expired. We never would have gotten it. You know, I signed up for it the same day. It's nuts. That's it's wild. literally nuts. It stresses me out, honestly. Well, I mean, I feel like you guys would have found each other one way or the other. Well, it was crazy because having worked now for over 22 years in the entertainment industry, you know, before meeting my amazing husband online, I'd been mostly dating guys that I would meet, you know, through work. And um, I guess it's like an occupational hazard no matter what industry you work in. But that was all like kind of new, right? You know, I'd be working a red carpet and then a friend would be like, hey, did you meet so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And then I'd be out with that person, you know, a few days later. But none of that stuff had worked out. And so Scott wasn't in my like network, you mm-hmm. know, of people that I would have ever come in contact mm-hmm. with any other way. So mm-hmm. it had to be this way. And I, I really do believe that there was, I'm not a religious person at all, but I am spiritual. And I really believe there was an element of like fate or stars aligning that brought us together. Definitely. And the crazy thing is, and this is another thing I can prove next time we see each other, because it's <laughs> in the same box with my poem from when I was 18. So cool. But in 2005, um, I got referred to this amazing psychic with an incredible gift. Um, And she lived in Florida. So I would talk to her on the phone from out here like once every few months. And I swear to you, she told me that I was going to get married in Europe. Now, keep in mind when Scott and I got engaged and decided we were going to get married in Tuscany, I'd forgotten that till I went back and showed him the notes and got chills and cried. Mm -hmm. But she also told me, this is bananas, that my husband was going to be 6'2", from California, and he was going to be the golden boy. And I said, what does that even mean? Does he work for a boxing company? No, It's so funny. I said that as a joke because I've yeah. boxed for many years. Yeah. And she said, just write this down. And I used to take crazy like notes, like 10 pages of notes when I would talk to her. And she said, just write this down and remember it because at some point in your life, it's going to come back to you. So after, literally after Scott and I were married, we're sitting in his parents' house. It's me and his mom on the couch talking. And she's telling some story about Scott when he was a kid. And then literally all of a sudden she looks at me and at the end of this anecdote, she said, you know, Scott's always been my golden boy. <laughs> all of a sudden it came rushing back to me, this conversation That's with the wild. psychic. I start crying. I get chills. My mother-in-law is like, are, are you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> and I said, can you just repeat the last sentence? <laughs> what, what did you say about Scott? And she said, I don't know if he ever knew this, but I called him my golden boy. So I said, I said, mom, don't freak out. I'm going to tell you something that's going to sound like super nutty, but literally I can show you the paper. And I showed Scott and he was freaked out. I'm like, this psychic told me my future husband was the golden boy. And I'm like, who knew that that was your like private nickname for him? So just so many things that I I really felt, wow, this person was meant for me. I was meant for him. And Mm -hmm. 
once we came together, um, just everything in my life changed for the better. I mean, I did, I'd done the work on myself to allow me to get to the point where I could recognize I the love and accept about it. That. Yeah, because I course. feel like a lot of people that love love or maybe hopeless romantics, and I consider myself one of them, maybe think that like finding someone or finding love is going to fix a lot of problems in life, just like how people would think losing weight would like f- make them so much happier. But I feel like that's not often the case and the cases you actually have to like be happy on your own and do the work on yourself. So what is the work that you did on yourself? Yeah. And like what advice do you have for people that are maybe wanting to rush or just be with someone instead of just, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Doing the work and then going on the hundred dates. You have to do the work first. Um, and for many reasons, one, you don't want to, um, you don't want to have the mistakes that I made happen to you, uh, in not being able to spot blatantly obvious red flags and warning signs, especially if you're, you know, trapped in a pattern of pulling in toxic, abusive people. Um, Yes. Let's go back to that. Okay, just yeah. finish, finish Naz's question and I want to go back to that. So, uh, you know, that's really important to be able to recognize um, when someone is clearly saying, danger, danger, like run, Forrest, run, because this is not going to end up being good for you. Um, and then there's also the element of understanding that you're worth it and you don't need anybody else to make you happy. You have all the tools you need inside to create your own happiness. And if you don't love yourself enough first, you'll never be able to fully love someone else or receive their love and recognize what true love without conditions looks like. Because love with conditions is control, is someone literally puppeting you like your Pinocchio. Uh, pure, unconditional love is someone saying, I love you exactly who you are. I don't need to change anything about you. I want the you that's in front of me now without any conditions. Um, and, and I'm going to support you and love you and make you better as a person and allow you to make me better. So it's looking into a mirror and having that person project the worst things about you and not being afraid to run away and going, God, this person is showing me I can do some improving in those areas and I'm showing them where they can improve as a human being. And that's real love. And I remember my grandma said to me, the best things in life, the ones that are worth it, take hard work. So if it's too easy, it's not worth it, you know? And my grandma would say, gosh, you see all these couples and they have one argument and they want to throw in the towel and get a divorce. Like what's going on? And Niman Tata said, we have two Mm -hmm. rules. And I never forgot this. And I told Scott, like right when we got engaged, we have to live by these two rules. Number one, never go to bed angry because resentment and anger and hurt builds up overnight. And then you wake up and like just shit magnifies. Mm -hmm, And this this dumb little fight has blown up. Like Mm -hmm. why are you living like that? And my grandma would say, I literally would keep your grandpa up till four in the morning to Mm -hmm. just like resolve a fight. And it's important. And the other rule was always kiss me goodnight. And after Scott and I uh, got married, I literally got this decal that hung over our bed that said, always kiss me goodnight. Oh, that's a cute little decal. But you know, lives on in your room, just like the toad poster. She does. And it's so easy when you're uh, trapped in a routine, you know, you're tired, you worked a long day and sometimes Scott would be like, I love you, baby. Good night. And try to roll over. And I'd be like, uh, uh, hold up. <laughs> it says always kiss me goodnight house rules. I was like, it doesn't house say maybe rules. it doesn't say sometimes like. Get back here. 
you know, and just having that moment to be like, yep, we're going to start every day with a kiss. We're going to end every night with a kiss. It, it like brings you back together as a couple to connect. And so I know that was a long answer, but no, to that's finish, exactly like how I feel. And to finish. So to the, the part B of what you asked, like how, what is the work? Mm-hmm. How do you work on yourself right. to recognize the love and receive the love? Um, everyone has some sort of baggage and trauma in their life um, from growing up. And it doesn't have to be just surviving assault and, and trafficking like I did. It, it could be being a product of, you know, divorce uh, growing up. It could be, you know, dealing with bullying, dealing with eating disorders, with substance abuse. I mean, the list goes on and on. So whatever you've dealt with in your past that you haven't let go of, there's this expression that I love, which is you can't walk backwards into the future, right? So you can't allow your pain from your past mm-hmm. to ruin your present or affect your future, at some point you have to realize I have to let go of my story. Like I think my story defines me, but it doesn't. I'm more powerful than my story. So these things that happen to me, they don't own me. They don't control me. I'm more than them. More right? than the narrative in your head. Yes. Yeah. I survived them. So because I survived them, I can move past them. It doesn't mean I forget them, but I can move past them and create the life and the future and the love that I deserve. And so for me, I was kind of a student of life and all these different methodologies. I tried everything. So music therapy, art therapy, uh, Pilates, hot yoga, um, running and hiking Runyon Canyon a few times a day, being with my rescue doggy, hanging out with friends, um, journaling, different forms of meditation. I had to find all the different things that work for me. And with everybody, it's different. You know, what's going to work for you might not work for somebody else. But you have to jumpstart that process of healing from whatever the past trauma is and literally being able to stand in front of the mirror and you don't have to say the things that I said to myself, but be able to see yourself for who you are and recognize your worth and that you're enough. And whether it's a girl or a guy um, you know, that you're hoping to find love with, you don't need that other person to complete your life and find happiness you have all those tools inside of you. The other person is your partner in life. It's who you want to do life with and be on that journey with. But until Woo, you're, amen, yeah. But until you're able to to recognize your your worth, um, you, you're not going to pull that person in. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, "What's your secret?" Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, so you talked about we obviously there was abusive relationships and the the trafficking which we can get in later if you feel like it but um was there you're saying you're drawn to abusive relationships do you think that was because you had been abused and trafficked or was there something even before then yeah uh it was definitely a product of being victimized and worse than the physical wounds you know, bruises and broken bones, uh, you know, eventually fade. Um, but the psychological torture and the emotional warfare of hearing that toxic remix that I was talking about earlier, 
of being fat, ugly, um, unworthy, no one's ever going to love you, you know, I wish you were dead, like just all of these crazy, insane things. Mm-hmm you literally start to believe it. Like it makes you you feel like you're going crazy. Because of what you went through. Yeah. And when you hear that and enough people are saying that to you, Mm -hmm. that then becomes the truth that you believe. Um, It's not true. But when you're around that level of negativity and toxicity, and that's all you know, um, and you don't have an example of a healthy relationship that you've experienced with real love in your life, you have nothing to compare it to. So my normal, as far as relationships with guys, was totally fucked up. Like I should have never accepted the first like person, you know, grabbing me and touching me in the wrong way, you know, to the point where like it left a bruise. But because I had a high threshold for pain, not in a good way, and I'd been exposed to so much abuse, that was nothing for me. So those guys that like laid a hand on me in a way where I didn't feel like they were going to kill me, it was just like, oh, this is a nice guy because mm-hmm. he's like a lower level psychopath, mm-hmm. which, is, which is literally crazy to say. And I do a lot of um, advocacy work around these issues with with survivors um, of assault and abuse and trafficking. And one of the things when I, you know, talk to young girls and young guys that I I really want to like drill into them is how to spot those red flags and warning signs and how to be able to have a dialogue with the people in in your life. And it just takes one person um, to be able to say, that's not what love looks like. And when Scott and I first started dating, um, it was because of all the trauma in my past where, and thankfully he was very patient with me and very loving. Um, I had to explain to him, I'm not asking you these questions like repeatedly 20 times a day because I don't trust you or I don't Mm -hmm. believe you. I'm honestly asking you because I am so scared Mm -hmm. that this is fake. I'm so scared that it's going to melt away. Yeah. So I would keep checking in like the first time after a few weeks when we said, I love you to each other. I needed to verify and check in and kind of like re-up, like, you still love me? Five minutes later. And he's like, it didn't change. You know, an hour later, I was like, just checking in. You still love me? You know? (laughs) That's how I am. and I Yeah, that's how I am. But I can get like that too. But it's also like when you find something that incredible, you just don't want to let it go. So you're going to keep double checking and then you make it anxious that you're double checking too much and you're going to lose because of that. So I understand the vicious cycle of just making sure the person is serious. Right. And when you come from completely different backgrounds, and his experience, you know, coming from past relationships with like real love in his past, um, he he hadn't been through what I had been through. So I had to explain to him, like, I'm not, uh, you know, coming at you from a place of like not believing you. I just don't trust that this can actually happen for me. So I'm still pinching myself like, holy shit, this is real. This is so good. I don't want to lose it. I had all these abandonment issues to work through and just wondering like, literally, when is someone going to be like, Psych, you know, Mm -hmm. Ashton Kutcher is going to climb out from under your bed and be like, you're punk, lady. Like, this has all been a freaking joke on you. And Scott's going to disappear. And that didn't happen. And eventually, like with time and experience that we had with each other, I was able to start chipping away um, at the issues that I had and realize, no, this love is real. Mm -hmm. It's not going anywhere. Um, He's healing my heart. And I always say that my kids like save my soul. Mm -hmm. And it was completely, his love was transformative for me. Once I I loved myself and believed that I was Mm -hmm. worth it, then his love just like unlocked something magical 
goal of me. It's Those just are like, so ah! much easier said than done sometimes, I think. Because I went to like a tarot card reader recently, actually, and she was telling me that it's like my narrative that's like holding me back from a lot of stuff. And I don't know. I'll preface it. I don't know how much I believe like any of that stuff. But it's true. It's like, how do you like, I look at like people's relationships around me and I'm like, I'll never have that. That's like so wild yeah, though because it's like saying that but, and then they'll transform. Yeah, but it's not even just yeah. saying it. It's like how do you oh, stop totally, believing totally. it? You and is say, it? Yeah. I feel like for you, you like actually like looking at words, like whether it's on a wall or it's like a poster. Poem. Like I wonder, yeah, like what else? Yeah, you could do to like break free from that train of thought. So definitely words are powerful. Like keep coming back to if you're hearing the negative remix in your head, you've got to turn it off and change the song, you know? So you have to replace the, the song that, that uh, is not serving you with one that will. Um, and so realizing your self-worth, yes, if it's reading it, you know, and journaling or having great people in your life family, like an awesome sister and best friend who can point it out and say, I see you for who you are. Let me just tell you, I feel like you don't see you in the way the rest of the world does. Um, And once you do, then everything else is going to fall into place. Um, Music for me has always been this great source of healing. So one of the meditations I did, which really like worked and unlocked some things was a music meditation. And so Um, I would listen to the same song for like 30, 40 times on repeat, blasting it super loud and just feeling all my feelings Mm -hmm. and crying and like releasing. And so that um, for me was, was really productive. I was connecting with my feelings associated with specific songs where I was able to um, take the pain, put it onto the song and like, let it go. Mm -hmm. Um, And so have you guys seen dead to me? Netflix. Uh-huh. No, I was gonna watch it. Did they do that in the going. movie? See, yeah, one of the women, Christina oh. Applegate's character, like that's how she grieves. Okay, so that's awesome, and that's one of the that's one of the ways that I suggest to um, a bunch of women, uh, you know, survivors to say maybe you should try this on your journey of healing. Um, but I think for especially women, um, you know, our experience just being born as girls is different from guys. Um, for better or for worse, you know, fair or unfair. We just go through things that guys will never understand and never have to deal with. And we're bombarded with so many toxic messages, um, media telling us, you know, what we're supposed to look like, who we're supposed to be, you know, telling us our worth, like literally our worth in our jobs, being paid less than men to do the same project. It's so fucked up. And it's crazy that it's almost 2020 and we're still like fighting that fight for true equality. Um, in every sense of the word. And so I think it's it's on us and in how we raise our girls. It's mm-hmm. kind of twofold yeah. for girls to understand their worth. We're not props, you know? Growing up as a kid in the 80s, I didn't have movies like Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel. You know, I never saw anyone that was going through the issues I was as a child on screen or in books that I read. I never had someone say, you know, you can achieve any dream you want. Instead, I had people tell me, your dreams are stupid. That's never going to happen. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Move on. Find something else. Um, That's why representation is so important. Yes. And I'm so glad that my daughter is growing up in what I've been calling, you know, you're the girl, you're the woman. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, continuing for the last few years where I think we're changing the culture and changing this messaging. And it also starts with like genuine sisterhood, finding girls and women that lift each other up and that say, we don't have to compete. Like there's enough seats at the table. And when there isn't, let's make the table longer and everyone can have a seat. Um, And me bringing you up with me only makes women stronger and better. 
I don't need to compete against you. I do need to empower you and help you and you need to empower and help Mm -hmm. me. And that's the only way that real change is going to happen. And men need to be allies and, you know, being a parent of a, of a, of a son and a daughter, then the conversations with my son are being an ally, you know, being someone that recognizes his sister's worth and knows how to truly respect and treat girls and women and knows that their value has nothing to do with the exterior. It's all Mm -hmm. the interior. Um, and truly believing that anything he can do, his sister and any other girl or woman can do. Um, and so when you have a generation of boys that grow up believing the, the women in my life are just as strong and powerful as me and all the men in my life, that's when change begins to happen. Damn. Um, have you done this before? <laughs> you, do you, are you, I feel like you've like shared this story inspirationally before though. Do you, are you used to sharing it? Cause you certainly, the way you, you tell it is very engaging. Um, I haven't shared the story of how Scott and I met in a public way ever before. Really? No, uh, our, our friends. Well, I'm honored know. for you to do yeah. that here. Yeah. First time, first time. <laughs> but I, I have shared uh, my story um, as a survivor. I, yeah. I've done a bit of that. And I feel like um, if you have any pain in your life and you can turn it um, into a way to help others and find purpose through your pain, then it means that those things that you went through didn't happen in vain. So I've tried to I've tried to do that. And like I said before, make it so that the trauma and tragedy I've experienced doesn't own me, um, but that I've taken control of it and I can use it as a tool to hopefully help young people not make the mistakes that I made or not experience um, all the things that I had to go through um, to learn a, har- a lot of hard lessons as a young woman. And I honestly feel like if my life had a theme word, it would be love. You know, here's oh, true thought. love in Chinese and a heart on, on my wrist. One. And then, yeah. you know, my company's called True Heart. It's like, hello. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really feel like we're here for love. We're literally on this planet for love. And if you're not understanding that, you're missing the entire point of our existence. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like love with a partner, with a woman or, or man that you're going to, you know, find your forever with. Um, it's love with your kids, with your family, with your friends. And most importantly, I think it's it's love with strangers. And I, and I yeah. mean that by lifting up other human beings being able to recognize and form connections very quickly and bonds when you see people that are hurting and being able to reach out and say, I recognize what you're going through um, and I'm going to just be here for you however I can. Um, and and taking on someone else's pain, it's going to sound a little nuts, but it's honestly a great way um, to help them heal and help yourself heal. Yeah. One of the things that was um, the, the most important factors on my journey to healing was community service, was giving back. And it's crazy because for me, I found the more that I gave, the more that I got. Mm-hmm. And I would come home feeling so fulfilled and like I just shed like 10, yeah. 20 pounds, you know, of stress and trauma because I realized I'm not the only person in the world who's been through this. I'm not alone. Like there's other people that are hurting, that are struggling. Okay, I now understand like this is what this whole life thing is about. You know, this experience is being able to just see that in somebody else and say, like, I got you. I'm, I'm here for you. And it just makes things easier when you can form those connections. I want you to come to a heartbroken anonymous Oh, my meeting. God. She needs to. Because yeah, that's I exactly that. what that's like the whole thing. It's the whole reason. Um, but 
Go ahead. Did, no, you go ahead. I just wanted to no, because it's about the dating thing. Just before I was going to go into dating, dating thing was, too. Okay. Do you ever want to give up? <laughs> so no, because for me, uh, I'm relentless and tenacious. And more than anything, uh, when it came to love, I was literally never giving up. And so I would see Nima and Tata, and I would say, "I want that." So I just hear what they said to me, which is it's a numbers game. So it would make me want to fight for love even harder, you know, and go out with as many guys as I can to kind of go wrong, 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 wrong. Okay, eventually I have Mm -hmm. the right one. So I always felt like I didn't get upset with the no's. The no's meant I was closer to the yes. It's like any job that's, you know, sales oriented. When people are like, oh my God, I made a hundred sales calls. They all hung up on me. They all said no. It's like, okay, cool. You had to get all those no's before you can get the yes. So why are you afraid of the no's? And stop selling yourself short, you know? So I, I, I wasn't afraid of that. And listen, like for me, I dated like it was an Olympic sport and you know, that might not be for you. Uh, do it on your own terms. But I will say when you are ready, you do the work on yourself and you commit to it. 100% you can find love. I had a far way to go to be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put in the time and the work um, to get there. And then, gosh, once I did and that shift happened for me, um, it just made everything beautiful in my life. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. So I feel like you're an extroverted person, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> super energetic. And I feel like the way that you dated was so great for you. But how would you suggest somebody who's just like a little bit more laid back? Yeah. So again, not everyone's going to come at this from the same place. So um, if you're shy or if you're an introvert yeah. and find it hard to meet people, um, put yourself out there in a way that's comfortable for you. So you might not be in a space where you're like, I can go out with two, three guys a day. That's okay. You know, take your time. Maybe for you, you feel comfortable being set up um, through friends, you know, family, coworkers, within a safe space where people you know are vetting the guys or girls mm-hmm. that you're going to be meeting. Great. Um, if you're cool using dating websites like Match, JDate, you know, apps like Tinder, Bumble, et cetera, um, you know, try those. What's crazy is when Scott and I met, there wasn't social media. So you couldn't like super sleuth or cyber stalk people and recognize, oh, that dude's actually married or that girl has a boyfriend. <laughs> and it's nuts because I'd show up on a lot of these dates and surprise, someone was married. And I was like, why the fuck do you, Wait, are you wasting my really? time? All the time. Um, Wait, on these hundred dates, a couple of them were married? Oh my God. Yeah, it was amazing. So I met one guy at uh, the lounge at the the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills, and he had a tan, you know, where the wedding ring band was in plain view. So I I literally walk in, I sit down, like handsome dude. I was like, okay, cool. I, I knew in advance, like from the profile, some things that we had in common. And then literally when he um, took his hand, like out from his chair and put it on the table, it was just like, you're like, ring, popped ring, out. Ring, 
Dang. Well, because he like. <laughs> Did you call I, him out? I have, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I have fair skin. He had like beautiful tan skin, so it was like obvious. Like, mm-hmm. what is that? So I literally looked at him and I said, uh, "It was nuts." I was like, "Yeah." So um, I think we're both here for completely different reasons. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, so you're clearly looking for something on the side and I'm looking to be somebody's everything. And he was like, whoa, why would you say that? And I'm like, I would say that because of the tan line from your wedding ring. What do you say? And he just like jaw, you know, jaw dropped. And he's like, so is this not your thing? And I was like, what? <laughs> no way. What part of the no is giving you the problem? I was like, is it the N or the O? And I literally just got up. <laughs> so that's what you're saying. <laughs> you know, and, and left in another guy who ended up being married. I mean, it's crazy. We're at dinner. He, he didn't have a tan line for the ring, so I couldn't tell. But um, like two hours went by great conversation i thought like we're starting to have some chemistry have a vibe and then all of a sudden like before dessert he was like yeah um excuse me i just got to get up and call stacy so i'm thinking stacy's maybe his assistant his sister his roommate his best friend so that's what i'm thinking in my head so i said to him i was like do you always check in with stacy in the middle of a date that's going well and he was like yeah well i just want to tell her that you're really cute and maybe this could be and i look at him and i was like Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're here for a thruple? Check, please. I that literally said, check, like please. And Hi, just, my name is Mike, and I'm here for a thruple. You and know? it wasn't, it's like, like, that's not on your profile. Like, yeah, if that's your no, thing, more power to so you. People are so manipulative. But, Ashley and Lauren, yeah, know, I've been on dates with guys that literally the conversation's so incredible and engaging. And then I show up, and they're like, I'm not really looking for anything serious. And I'm like, this is a waste of my time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, there were so many situations where I straight up like Forrest Gumped it and ran the hell out of there <laughs> when guys were like just not being truthful. And the thing that I had found with um, online dating then, and again, not having the the pro of social media of being able to check people out, was false advertising. So I'd show up to meet guys, and dudes were straight up ten years older. They were like a foot shorter. Mm-hmm. They were balding, and they were twenty thirty pounds heavier. That's not okay. One guy, literally, I went up to him. I was pacing the place for like a half hour, and I'm like, "This is so weird. Did did I get stood up? You know?" And then all of a sudden, I get a text because we have each other's number, and he's like, "Hey, are you coming?" And I'm like, "I'm here." And then he's like, "I'm gonna wave." So I'm like, there's no fucking way. It's this guy. So I walk over and I swear to God, I said to him, I said, did you literally use the picture that comes in the picture frame as your profile (laughs) picture? Because you were a completely different person than the picture. And he's just like, you know, jaw drop, like stunned that I had the balls to like, you know, stand up to him. And he's like, so does that mean this isn't going to happen? And I'm like, it's literally not going to happen because you you can't be honest. Like you lured me here under false pretense. Like, you know, I'm I'm not saying that I'm just here for the exterior, but I want someone who's going to be honest. Like I'm presenting who I am, right. the real me, like take it or leave it. Like you literally put a picture of someone else up, like that's fucked. And I left and people you know, are trifling, man. I, I just thought like my girlfriends were like, oh my God, aren't you pissed off? That's so messed up. And I said, you know what? I've got like a good way of looking at it. I laughed. It was a hilarious story. I could joke about it with my friends. And I literally was like, next like, it's just one more wrong dude until like, I meet the right guy. But, like, is it funny, though? Like, it's not funny to me. It's not... <laughs> Wait, oh, it's not funny. Like, people lying. What the fuck? That shit's not funny. No, I think that's it's... not funny to manipulate people. No, it's not funny, but, But I'm like... saying, like, don't let it ruin your life. No, it's yeah, gonna happen. yeah, yeah, but, like, damn. Yeah, um, don't be Lauren, a jerk you have off. a question, though. Two um, minutes Yeah, ago. my question is, based, like, I attract 
like narcissists, abusive guys. So girls going out and not Jack though. We have to no, I'm just preface, saying. I usually that by saying she's not narcissist really. or some kind of emotionally abusive human. So if I'm going on a first date and that's generally my type, what are the red flags that you're talking about that we should look for? So uh, one way to spot someone who's um, abusive and not going to treat you right is seeing how they treat other people. So I'd go out with guys and I'd watch how they talk to you, the server, the bartender, the valet, um, the coat check girl or guy. Um, And when they talked down to them Mm -hmm. and made them feel less than or were jerks, I was like, thank you. Thank you for showing me that you're a total jerk off because the way you're treating this person who's here doing their job um, is showing me how you're going to treat me. And so that's worse. Yeah. Worse. Because if you have the balls to do that in public, you're going to be way worse to me in private. So that was a good indicator of being able to be like, no, also um, on the physical sense for people that are, you know, abusive, someone that um, tries to dominate you physically and control you, like grabbing you to the point where it hurts and it's not comfortable or being like led around and dragged or someone who orders for you, not in a way that's like considerate and nice, mm-hmm. but in a way where you don't have a voice and you don't have a choice. Those are other red flags and warning signs. Um, someone who's commenting on your physical appearance, not in a way that's giving you a genuine compliment, but in a way of tearing you down or letting you know that they place all their value on the exterior is another red flag and warning sign. And so you start to add all of these things up. And when you're aware of it, you then realize like, ding, ding, ding. Okay, this person has issues. That has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. But now I have the self-awareness to go, I don't need to pull that person in because doing so would just involve like a whole can of whoop ass in my life. And I don't need that toxicity and that negativity. And so it's being, you know, strong enough on the inside to be able to say, um, no, thank you. Like I didn't come here for that. So that doesn't work for me. Um, it's over, you know, and, and I was always one to believe like time is our most precious commodity, you know? So if I'm here with you, it means I'm not Mm -hmm. doing something else, right. That might be important. So if this isn't serving me, I'm not trying to waste my time or your time. I can be like polite and respectful about it, but just say like, I don't think this This is going to work out. And don't go on another date, even though they're very attractive, they're evil. Yeah. And whether it's five minutes, whether it's five months, whether it's five years, you have to know when to cut it off. And hopefully it's not five years in an abusive situation. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, sometimes things start off good and then you just realize like this is going down different paths. We want different things. But I'd say from the outset, um, another good, you know, smell test with somebody who's not the right person for you and who might, you know, end up being physically, emotionally, psychologically abusive. You have such a beautiful relationship with your sister, you know, and your best friends here. And, you know, let those people vet them, you know, have a, a meet and greet, you know, create an excuse for Ashley to be around, you know, before you get picked up yeah. or happen to be at the same bar with Jared. What a coincidence. Mm. But let those people give you an opinion because some Sometimes it's really hard to see it when you're in it, but the people that love you can point it out and be like, oh, hell no. Like, nobody's going to treat my sister like that. We were watching Big Little Lies the other day. I don't know if you guys were watching Big Little I Lies. I love that show, okay, but, but I haven't no, seen season two yet. Oh, so okay, no spoilers. Well, Nicole came, we, <laughs> caught, Nicole up in, we caught up in one afternoon. Yeah. Nicole came in a therapy so. session and her husband was beating her yep. and she goes, what if, like, Reese Witherspoon was doing that, what would you do then? She was like, oh, I'd freak out and say, no way. So you take yourself out of that situation and just see your best friend getting kicked and you're going to say, oh, fuck off, what are you doing? You yeah, know? that was an interesting scene. Oh, yeah. So yeah, because yeah. she, like, freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. But you, Makes a lot of sense. You must, 
obviously you watched the show. I love that yeah, show. I was thinking about it like while we were having this conversation. Oh, Th- those uh, shows like Big Little Lies um, are so important. You know, telling the stories of women who aren't going to take it anymore. Um, you know, who recognize their self worth or breaking free from abusive relationships that aren't serving them. Send a really strong and powerful message to young women watching to say, like, run. Run in the opposite direction if any of this is happening mm-hmm. to you. And so um, I applaud Reese and Nicole and the team behind that show because it's just so important to tell those stories. Love well, it. I applaud you for coming on because I, I really came in tonight thinking like, oh, we're going to talk to Amy about how she went on 101 dates and how it's basically a numbers game. But you just are so brave opened up so much and you're so inspiring and like thank we're you. so lucky to have you and your story you're like thank made you. for this thank you you're that made for telling stories where can people find you if they like want to seek more advice and resources if maybe yeah. they're in an abusive relationship or have been through something similar i am always happy to help it's my honor and privilege um on the professional side what i do is connect celebrities with nonprofits and brands and we come together to do good in the world and raise millions of dollars for great causes and create these media campaigns that shine a spotlight on the awesome work that the charities are doing. And so you can check that out um, on my website, which is wearetrueheart.com, exactly the way those four words are spelled and sound. And on Instagram, it's at wearetrueheart. Um, But I do, like I said, a lot of work in the space of helping survivors. That's a big passion point of mine, changing the culture, making sure the next generation grows up in a more peaceful and loving space. And I would just say, if you've been on your hundred dates and you still haven't found Mr. or Miss Right, um, don't give up because love is worth fighting for and you deserve it. And your person is out there. So just make sure you know that you're worth it and deserve it. And then you'll be open to meeting that special someone. And if you've been on a hundred dates, it could be the next one. Yeah, it could be (laughs) hundred or whatever. I love how much you love love. Bye. Bye. Thank you, ladies. This podcast is brought to you by Weave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It.